Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Rickshaw's Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode number ninety-four. We are fast approaching. No, it's not 95. Oh my God, we are fast approaching 100. And it's quite exciting because we've just announced tickets have gone on sale for our 100th live show. Yes. But people listen to this now. This is Tuesday. The, Ooh, the 9th, maybe? No, it's not that. Is it the 9th? No, 7th, the 9th. 7th is. Tuesday the 7th today. But we release tickets on Friday the 3rd. Yes. So we're just going to get this out there now. At the moment, it's tracking to look like we're going to be selling out pretty quickly. Fast. Hopefully, when people listen to this right now, there's no, no offense, but hopefully, there's no tickets left for you to pick. Just in case, we'll put a link in the description. Yeah, but we're excited about it. Um, how are you, pal? Are you good? I'm good. Um, I'm nervous slash excited for the live podcast. It's going to be at the Salford Lowry. Yes. Saturday, the 9th of October, 2021. Me, you, few guests. It should be good. It should be very good. We, we've got 450 tickets as well that we've pretty much sold. Uh, Can you I, believe, I th- people, 450 people coming to watch us chat? Absolutely. Because the thing is, right, we're sat in a studio now, a very nice studio. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and when I look that way, there's nothing there, bar obviously a couple of cameras, some weird curtain things that help protect the sound. There's no pressure. Even though people are going to listen to this and hopefully upwards of 100,000 people listen to this right now, no pressure. We've got nothing really planned today. We're going to chat nonsense. Exactly. When there's 450 faces that have used their hard-earned cash to watch you, and that's the, that's the beauty of this because it's a win-win for me. If it goes well, I can say, oh, well, yeah, I helped to plan this. You know, I'm a co-host this. If it goes crap, it's not the guy trying at golf. It's the Rick Shields golf. It's your name's on this. I don't mind. I'll take the hit. <laughs> um, to be honest, it's probably, the, it'll. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be the biggest live audience I've performed in front of as well because, mm. you know, obviously... YouTube videos, it's, it's really interesting. I've, when we make a YouTube video and someone snapped us the other day, actually, they papped us mm. yesterday. It's normally you, me, yeah. you're behind the camera directing, giving great advice about how, the way that the video should go. Then there is normally one or two camera operators. Yep. It's either Matt and Harry or Tim. Um, and that's where like it feels no pressure. I'm very much myself. I'm kind of just loving life. Mm. In front of live people, and you can see the whites in their eyes. And uh, should be good. Okay, a few questions. I've had, so imagine those 450 people are sat there, right? Yeah. You're doing the podcast. Yes. If 10 is maximum pressure, doing the podcast, how many out of 10 would you reckon you'll feel? Pressure or nervous? Well, nervousness, sorry, nervous. Um, 10. Okay. 
Oh, okay, that's not work then. I hope you were going to say like six and then I'd say, what What about if that same people was there and then you were doing a chip? Would that go up or not? Or like hitting ten. a drive. Hitting a drive. Drive would be fine. Like a not many out of ten. Three out of ten. Yeah. I'd be f- certainly, if, well, it depends if it's result based. Oh, yeah. People like can that, watch. Like if I was just smashing a driver into a net, well, there's no pressure at all, is there? You just True. hold your finish and it went 300 yards. What a 15 yard chip. Hmm. But this is this is the difference, and I've always thought this. I don't think the pressure increases anything more than me. If five people are watching, I'm 10 out of 10 nervous. Mm-hmm. If 500 people are watching, I'm still 10 out of 10 nervous. That's true. Like, I almost can't get any more. If, if 10,000 people were watching me live, still 10 out of 10. Yeah. Do you get what I mean by yeah. that? So it's like... You only need one smartphone to take that video. It's exactly. going viral. Exactly. <laughs> but actually today, we're talking about the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast and the keyword there is golf. This podcast might be changing very soon because for those listening might not know, Rick's looking a bit confused. But oh, no. I'm not recently Rick has become a really, really knowledgeable football pundit. You've changed. Last year, you went asked about football. I am hardcore football fan. You are? I've actually become quite addicted to so it. The, it was the Euros got you into it. The Euros definitely got me into it. And for, for you guys listening in the US, we're talking football soccer. soccer. And uh, it was the Euros. And I've said it in the past, even growing up when I was a kid, I was a massive football fan. For I think most kids are yeah. really, aren't they? You know, going when I went to primary school, um, you know, every, I used to have the swapping cards, whatever you used to call them. The, the swapping cards, football stickers. Them? Football stickers. Yeah. I used to swap them. That's what yeah, I used yeah. to love most. And a big United fan, I used to go to games. I was never a season ticket holder, mm. granted. Get um, the kits when they come out. used to get, up, like, literally, on the day, head-to-toe kits as well. Shirt, shorts, socks, the work. That's when you were 24. <laughs> <laughs> goalkeeper kits, away kits. Oh, goalkeeper honestly, kits. Honestly, I was, I was pretty... I was pretty hardcore back then. Who was then. your favourite player back then? Then what era was this? It must be before Beckham. Just... No, 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 100% into... Oh, no, was sorry, at this, at this point, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like Cantona. Yes, you know, collar the, up. Yeah, it was that kind of era. Um, and, and it was... It was... I don't, I don't know, it's quite an exciting kind of... United were dominating everything. I'm a United fan. I'm a hardcore United fan now. You are, really. It was two seasons ago. We've almost became a Liverpool fan. Now United have signed Ronaldo. It's... Um, and you're right. I went through then the ages with like Beckham and Scolzi and Giggsy and that kind of era was amazing. It was... That's how I know you're hardcore. It's the Scolzi, the Giggsy, the Cantonari. It's your Michael And, uh, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it there. And I must admit, I, I've said this before, it was kind of when Sir Alex Ferguson left and United went a bit crap. I fell out of love with football. Yeah. You know, actually, it actually happened slightly before that. It was when Rooney wanted to leave United, and it was it was all about money. It's, chair. it's a bit loud. It was all about money, and I was like, oh god, what was like? I mean, me sat in a pub going, "What's football become, guy?" And as soon as you sign Ronaldo on four hundred grand a week, the money's fine. Money's money. <laughs> we got it. Pay, pay the man more. But now you watch football. You watch matches that aren't even United. I know. Listen to talk sport. The other day, you were banging around, oh, he's been signed for 24 million plus dollars. Really? I can't wait. Next time you get your four, haircut, four, the barber's <laughs> going to think you're a right football lad. That's why you've done it, and it's worthwhile. 14 million plus add-ons. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, and you introduced me to talk sport, which I'll be honest, I've never been into. Weirdly, I've been on talk sport maybe three times now. With you were Andy never Gold, bothered when you Goldstein. were doing it because you didn't know wasn't. what it was. Um, now I'm like loving it. You'd be nervous next time you go on now. Well, like, oh my days. I'm speaking to Andy. Speaking of sport, though, one thing that. <laughs> I talk golf or not. Well, well, yeah, but one thing that. Um, 
I've heard about, you've told me briefly this story, I want you to explain it fully for me and for the listener, was there was a young boy a couple of days ago, won a very big golf tournament, and he's done an interview afterwards apparently, or his dad has, and he said, oh, you know, he's not really got a favourite golfer, so, you know, for example, he's not thinking Tiger, he's not talking about Dustin Johnson, he's not a John Rahm fan or Rory, or his favourite golfer <clears throat> is um, your friend of mine, Richard your Shields. <laughs> Um, yeah, you explain know, this to me, please. So, what what's weird? I don't know how I've ever set this up. I actually have a prompt on Google. If I ever my name ever gets mentioned in a news article, I get an email. I don't know how I set this up. <laughs> Just something I set up. <laughs> and I woke up yesterday morning, and normally it happens around midnight. I got a, a news article, a news alert saying you've been. How often do you get these <clears> then? Oh, well, daily. Not very, very, very <laughs> seldomly. Depends if I've caused any beef. So I got this prompt. It was like, you've been mentioned in the news article. So I clicked on it and it was the Mayo News. Mayo. Mayo. M-A-Y-O. I'm going to try and find this article now. <clears throat> I found it for you. Oh, okay. It's a Mayo News. So it's an Irish newspaper. And on the on the homepage or on one of the golf pages, it was Bally Haynes. Bally Haynes golfer mm. is number one. And there's a picture oh, got it. of a young lad holding a massive trophy. That's a ridiculous big trophy. With super proud dad and super proud mum. And underneath it says, brilliant young golfer John William Burke, who apparently is a huge fan of the podcast. My doesn't days. Doesn't say this in the news article. But that would be his second favourite golfer then. Could be. could be top ten. You could be. <laughs> is pictured with his parents, John and Paula, along with the Gary Player Trophy, which he won for being the overall champion in the Flora, Flow Gas Irish Junior Open Golf Summer Series. Okay? And later on in the article, kind of skip through reading the rest of it. Oh, I want to find my name. <laughs> and you're right. It said, you know, who's your favourite golfer? And he said he doesn't have one, but he watches all of Rick Shields' YouTube videos. So... Twitter can be a toxic place sometimes. It can. I'm not the biggest fan of Twitter. I'm sorry for everybody that does follow me on there, but it, it's a bit weird. I thought, let, let's use the power of Twitter and do something nice. I, I'd got home slightly early yesterday afternoon. Uh, the kids are still off school. They were running around the house causing mayhem. I was just chilling out. And uh, I put a tweet out saying, is there any chance anyone can get hold of um, this young lad's parents' numbers? Mm-hmm. I thought, let, let's congratulate him. So the golf course themselves actually messaged me. Uh, Bally Hornis Golf Club and the pro there uh, Maria gave me his dad's number and just out the blue I rang him yesterday so talk me through it you ring ring he goes hello I don't want to do a, a thing here but just what was it well he's Irish right okay so John's Irish and yeah. I, I like an Irish accent I really do and, and my wife is very fond of an Irish accent and she was around my wife actually ended up crying on the phone call oh my word and um so I rang him up and said, oh, hi, John, it's it's Rick Shields. He went, oh, hello there, Rick. <laughs> oh, How are you doing, no? Um I said, um, I believe your son's just won a big tournament. Oh, yes, he has, no. I can't. <laughs> Is this a decent or not? It's not horrendous. I feel like I can do better, but the pressure on the video, and I don't want to offend anybody in Ireland. And I said, um, <laughs> I said, he's, is because uh, dad's called John and son's called John. I said, is John Jr. around? He said, yeah, he's just next to me. So puts him on the phone. I, have a, I was on the phone to him for about five minutes. Was he chatting back? Like, was he nervous? Really or? nice oh, lad. Class. Really nice lad. And uh, I invited him as my VIP guests to the golf show live. That's awesome. Which I didn't think they'd be able to make mm-hmm. because of restrictions, but he's texted me since and said they'd be happy to come along, him and his dad. Um, 
so it's just nice and you know it's not didn't take a lot and I, I, listen i wasn't <clears throat> genuinely doing it for any other reason just to congratulate him he's won a big trophy he's mentioned my name in a news article you know the least i can do is give him a little phone call and you know, congratulate him. It's very, very nice touch. But this, this is what's mad that, like, a bit like uh, Minwoo Lee, um, golfers coming through now, tour golfers, who are like, let's say, 18 to 23 or whatever, have kind of grown up watching your videos. Yeah, it's crazy. And you it? think about, like, yeah, well, that's it. Even the younger generations. How old was John? He's like 12. 12. So literally, he, he has been, you've been making videos for as long as he can remember. Like when he was five years old, you were making videos. Yeah. So if he hopefully goes on to be a tour player or whatever, or whatever, however he, he takes golf in the future, there's kids out there who'll have been watching the videos, hopefully listen to the podcast. And you will be to them as much of a, a golfer, if you like, as Rory. It's crazy. It's mad. It? it is mad. Well, John John Senior said that John Junior's favourite day of the week is a Tuesday because the podcast comes out and he says he listens as he drives to the golf course. That's class. Um, but we've probably seen it already. You know, like Min Woo Lee, who mentioned he was a fan of the channel before coming on the channel and now dominating the world of golf. Um, players like Sam Horsfield has yes. mentioned that he watches the videos. Who's the other Irish lad that you... Uh, Tom McGib- McKibben. Tom McKibben, yeah. He's a fan of the channel, I believe. Yeah. And now he's, you know, he's, he's European class. tour and doing amazing. Um do you think, though, that, like, w- when you're growing up... Go on, Just sorry, last one, go on. that young lad at the Open. Oh, yeah? Who stopped uh, me on the putting it, green. Can't remember his podcast, name now, yeah. but he um, he literally, he was walking across the bridge at the top, and granted, I know a few of the players now, not loads, but a few of them, so I wouldn't have been surprised if, I don't know, a Danny Willett or a Tommy Fleetwood might have shouted down, hey, Rick, or something. Yeah. This lad walked past, and you were there with me, and said, hey, Rick, and I was like... I don't yeah. really know who that is. And we walked over to the putting green. We had to actually look at his bag. To f- and he, this kid's playing in the bloody open. Mm. So, yeah, we might have on the but, podcast. But that's the thing, though. When when we were growing up, and, and, and obviously people before us, the only real golfers you could look, look up to were either people at your golf club, obviously, or the tour players. Yeah. Whereas now, with the internet, I mean, obviously you're, compared to the average guy, a good golfer. But, like, people look up to you be- for other reasons because of, like, how you and we make golf look fun on the videos. Mm. So it's not just about like, oh, I want to be like Rick Shields because he's good at golf. It's like, we see that a lot of it on, on I saw it on the wooden golf ball the other day. Yeah. So many people are commenting saying that you're making golf look fun. You're making yeah. want to go play golf. And that's as important as being a, a good golfer. Because as much as you might look up to Rory and Tiger and D- uh, Dustin, and you should do, you look up to them often because they are good at the game. Of course. But with, with you and what you do, I think people look up to that not just because you're good or very decent it's because it makes it fun do you not also think it's very relatable yeah you know a young lad who you know might be struggling with the golf mm-hmm. you know because golf's hard as we've mentioned we don't disguise that in the video like go- i say golf is hard yeah you know and you may look at tour golf and never think anybody ever hits a bad shot yeah would you, you well that's because as well it only shows the best players in the world and the ones that play the best on that week you don't see if Ro- well maybe rory would but if Again, Danny Willett misses a cut and he shoots 76, 76. You won't see a single shot. You don't shot. see any of it. Where, again, little John or little Timmy or whatever is watching the channel and going, oh, bad shots do happen. Mm-hmm. A Rick can play okay, good golf, but he can also top a three wood. He can also duff a chip. He can also miss a three foot putt. And, and I think I would have really appreciated that when yeah. I was 10, 11, 12 growing up. Because again, it, it puts golf into a perspective that you go, Oh, all right. So I used to give myself such a hard time for things like that oh, when I was 100%. growing up. But I think if you accepted it and went, okay, I don't want to do that. Granted, that's not it's not something I want to aspire to, but it's okay. 
And I also think, and again, you might have been similar, through the winter, I really died off golf when mm. I was younger. Like through the winter months, I almost semi-forgot about it. Yeah. And got into other sports, back into footy. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Even footy? You would have called it football six weeks ago. Now it's footy. Into the old, into I the game. I wonder why you worn shin pads today. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so I think again, because if I was young, little Timmy or John now, going through the through the winter, I might not be playing as much golf because the weather's bad, mm. but I'm still consuming golf content yeah. through social media, through YouTube videos, not just mine, obviously, not just things we produce. There's a huge collection, catalogue of YouTube videos now people can watch. And I think that's obviously giving Joe Average a great insight to how to get better at mm. golf, how to buy the right equipment, how to have more fun. But like I say, it's giving those young golfers the insight to what, golf is actually really like and, and making it realistic which i think is really important i do think that realistic thing is important because obviously you have to put your hand on your heart most people i'd say everybody to be fair enjoys the golf more when they play well of course obviously nobody wants to be looking for balls in the trees or whatever but it's a little bit like a bit of a silly analogy but like with so many like influencers online and like beauty influencers and bloggers there's a kind of a trend now to showing a lot more pictures with no makeup on correct or whatever and it's like people like that cause it's relatable nobody wants to go on the phone and look at a load of beautiful people and make themselves feel like crap but if you look at somebody you deem as really good looking having a bad day you feel better yeah and it's like that with the videos people want to see you at good shots cause it's fun and want to see you enjoying the game but people not in a horrible way but want to see you at bad shots because it's, it. it's real isn't it people love it so yeah it's nice little um made me feel good um uh, my wife was Totes emotion after the phone call. Was she actually crying? Was she yeah, listening? Yeah. Yeah, I put it, put it on loudspeaker because, like I say, she loves the Irish accent. So um, I don't want to get into our role play or anything. But yours and Claire's role play. Let's <laughs> tell, tell me more. <laughs> that's for the live podcast. If that's what you're coming for. I have to uh, put on a little leprechaun hat. <laughs> <laughs> little Ricky comes out a again. Little, a little pot of gold walking around. <laughs> Why does every single podcast which just mean you? Have you noticed when we have England golf on, dead serious, Mastercard, etc., Anna Katarinson, which just mean you and talk about Little Ricky all the time? Because we'd smashed, like, what? We've had too much to drink. <laughs> we've had too, <laughs> too we've much got so on. many sugar free Fanta in the back there. Um, no, so nice little thing. And hopefully he continues to do well. And I joked on Twitter if he can mention me in his open victory speech. Imagine that. Well, that would be, be lovely. I can't believe that you're someone's favourite golfer. Anyway, I'm joking. <laughs> a quick question for you then, Rick. Got a little dear Rick for you. Okay. Well, it's from early. Yeah, just why not? It's from. I'm trying to spice it up today, keep people um, engaged. Um, oh, actually, before I get on to that, I want to come on to something. It's important. We've not mentioned it on the podcast, I don't think. And if you're a watcher of the podcast, this doesn't affect you. We have inserted adverts onto the audio podcast. Don't want to talk about this or not? Don't want to cut this out? Don't talk about it, yeah. No, it's just the way you huffed. I thought you were going to say, like... this. No, I was in, like... Oh, the, the reaction, right, okay. So what happened was, as we we, joke, we used to joke in the old podcast, certainly in the era in your um, garage, do you remember, about getting a sponsor? Back in the day. And ultimately, I'm probably saying too much here, but we don't do this, or you don't... The business doesn't do this for money, does it? It's, we, we love speaking to the audience. People love listening to the podcast on a Tuesday, like um, Little John, etc. And it's something that's fun, and we've obviously got this great studio. But we did have sponsor. We might have sponsors in the future again. But we're not bothered about, well, we're not going to start promoting absolute nonsense and stuff. It's just not what we're about at all. But what we have done is we've changed our podcast kind of hosting software so that it does insert an advert onto the audio podcast. One at the start, one in the middle, roughly one at the end. People commenting, not kicking off, but saying, oh, I pay for Spotify Premium. Why is an advert? 
It's nothing to do with Spotify. It's to do with the actual way the podcast is uploaded. You can just skip them. So if it comes on, it's a 30-second advert, and you don't listen to it, just press fast-forward, it's gone. Yeah. Um, I wanted to cover that because it's... Um, I don't want to annoy people, but equally, we don't want to start promoting nonsense, and I just thought, get it out there. Anything else to add to that? No, it's good. Listen, it's one of those things. We've we've done it for a long period. Well, obviously, fast approaching 100 shows. And podcasts make... They're monetized, yeah, yeah. like YouTube's monetized, like Facebook is. So um, it's just an evolution. Hopefully, it'll allow us to do more. I mean, things like this cock, this set didn't wasn't cheap. Well, exactly. And, you yeah. know, we've got to cover costs. So um, hopefully, you're not too offended. Like I say, if you need to skip it, one one click on your button to the right, and you can skip the advert. So also, what has been good, the adverts that have been put on, we don't choose, but that's been things that are quite relevant. Yeah. Right, so it's good. Uh, anyway, coming on to the Derek from Anonymous. I'm new to golf, and I've been having lessons with a local golf coach. He's a PGA trainee, okay. so he's slightly cheaper. Okay, this is, I think you're the expert for this. Yeah, yeah. I've had about 10 lessons now, and I feel like we are going in circles. One lesson will tell me one correction, and then about three weeks later, it'll tell me something different to the lesson a few weeks earlier. I think this is down to me not grasping it fully, um, but being told at the time this is fine, and then change it weeks later seems um, a waste of money for me. Basically, you want some help. Okay. About, well, I think the, the the first thing he said is, and I think he's trying to ask about seeing a PJ trainee and it being cheaper. Obviously, is that better value? Is it not better value? Should you wait until someone is fully, you know, trained? What so do you think? I, I was coaching as a PJ trainee. So as a, when you when you first become a PGA professional and you sign up to be enrolled on the uh, PGA course, as soon as you commit to that, you uh, rescind your amateur status and you become a professional golfer. Under the umbrella of being a, a trainee professional, you are start allowed to now start delivering coaching sessions. Certainly once you've done your level one coaching course, which typically happens fairly early in your PGA. Okay. okay. Now the level one coaching course will allow you normally to teach really beginners and juniors. That's kind of the level it's based at. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very basic information. It's grip, it's stance, it's alignment. It's things that you can deliver to a to a um, beginner golfer. Question for you, just a quick one, so just slightly to but I understand why you would say beginner, but is, can it not be harder sometimes to coach a beginner who's got absolutely no idea, or is it just easier because you just say grip, stance, posture, etc.? Is it harder to coach well, just, a beginner? Yeah, because I'm thinking, say if, say if I can't, I don't have a clue to coach a golfer, it's just I can't see it, but equally, if, if I was with someone who's off 18, who had a slice and they were aiming left, with etc., I might be able to say, actually, just, just turn a bit here, come on the inside yeah. of the ball, and they probably would do it a little bit. I tried to show people before when you got, I, I almost can't make it simple enough. Yeah, it, it's a lot of demonstrating. Mm-hmm. So it's not jargon. Like you can't say hit from the inside yeah, yeah. or change your alignment because those words they just don't know yet. It's a lot of a lot of demonstration. It's a lot of instruction and, and it's baby steps. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes where, let's say you might have taken a friend or a family member to the driving range. They want to copy you straight away. They want to copy your full swing straight away because that's what they see you do. Mm-hmm. When you're in a lesson environment more, as a golf professional, I would potentially not show them the full swing yet. We would look at the very much of the basics. So they don't actually know what a full swing looks like just yet. Let's start off with grip. Let's start off with setup. And let's even just start off with a pitching wedge doing half swings and, and give expectation levels. Mm. So, for example, this half shot should, in theory, go to that flag there that's 20 yards away. And we're talking yards in golf, and that's a pace. And just all those little kind of terminologies you start to learn. And do you work that way and then work back to driver? You just start to build the swing. Mm-hmm. 
So you start to do half swings with a pitching wedge, maybe half swings with a seven iron, and then build the pitching wedge swing up to a three-quarter swing. And again, it's those baby steps. You're right, some golfers will be dead eager to hit driver straight mm, away. Yeah. And that, my always big analogy was, you're, you're a brand new learner driver. This club, the pitching wedge, is your little micro, your little Nissan micro. Yeah. Okay? And that's what you're going to learn in. Your seven iron is your four, whatever, Mondeo. Yeah. <laughs> Random car, <laughs> but that's kind of your middle of your range. Yeah. Your driver's your Ferrari, and you're gonna say Ferrari then, or, you or your F1 car, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like we can't jump in that straight away. You don't at, at, at 17. Don't get into Ferrari, do you? Yeah. exactly. Because you might crash. Yep, and you might, you know, and that's the thing. It, it, it's you might find it exhilarating and fun to hit, but also you might crash and you might, you know, smash the thing up. So, so do you think then, going back to this question, I know we don't know this guy's ability yet, but do you think, I know it's hard, you, you're not going to put this blanket over every PGA trainer, you, there'll be some, I'm guessing, who are uber knowledgeable, but is 10 lessons maybe too much? What, what do you- so going back to the trainee there, for me, again, if, if I'm taking my myself back to when I was a trainee professional, I was obviously good at golf to a degree because I'd turned professional, I was off about three handicap. I wanted then to take on my PGA training Okay, and I was starting to learn information about the golf swing. I didn't know everything yet at all, not even close. Because growing up, I didn't have lots and lots of lessons. I had quite limited yeah, amounts of lessons. When I went to college and my school, we've spoke about a couple of times before. I did have a few more lessons and and learn more about the mechanics of the golf swing. So I was somewhat knowledgeable when I was a trainee, but not to knowledge I've got now. Because knowledge comes with experience. Knowledge comes with not only learning about the mechanics of a golf swing, but communication. Yeah, massively. Is you can't learn that. You have to go. You have to do the hard hours to get the communication across. Because you might word something to a student, and it might work for that student, but it won't work for this student. Mm. So you've got to learn all those little traits. So for me, going back to this question, is ten. I don't think 10 lessons is too many because it's a commitment and normally you get a bit more discount. I would just manage your expectations of what you may be able to get from a trainee. Now, it depends on his expert, expert level. It might, Sorry, it might depend on his golfing ability. If he's a lower handicapper, he might not require the skills of this trainee professional. But if he's a 20 handicapper, let's say, and this trainee professional plays off two or three or even lower i think there's a lot that you can learn from him but maybe don't look at it from the mechanics mm. like asking him asking the questions of how do you practice your putting how do i get better at putting how do i manage my my uh, skills around the golf course more course management and actual skill-based exercises as opposed to mechanics yeah so that trainee might just not know the mechanics yet and, and he might be getting himself in a little bit of a pickle going one way or the other the other thing just to quote on that just to carry out that he mentioned that he's gone from one way and then the, a few weeks later he's telling him something else that can happen in coaching because sometimes let's say i've, I've given you a drill i want you to work on strengthening your grip yeah because we've got to shut the face okay you might come back to two weeks later and you've done it too much mm. so then you do go the other way do you find that though with people people not do it enough normally they don't even closely do it yeah enough. that's what i if i ever have a lesson which is quite rare but i think I'm doing something that I've been told to do. Or even when you see it on camera and it's like, you know, when yeah, you're so yeah. it's, it's hard, isn't it, to go too far the opposite way, although it can happen. I always remember teaching this young lad, and I think I might have told this story before, um, one of the, the best golfers that I coached back in the day was a plus four handicap and he changed things so quickly. Mm-hmm. When I told him to do something, he changed it so quick. And I asked him because I wanted to learn from it. I said, you're one of the only students, when I tell them to change something, you do it instantaneous. How? 
He said, it's funny you say that because anything you tell me to do, I double the exaggeration. Yeah. So and that's you, what then looks right to you. Correct. That's mad. So if you tell me to shut my face in the takeaway, for me, I feel like it's like extremely shut. Yeah. I'm like, wow. He said, that's how I kind of just get through it. Because I know feel and real is very different. Yeah. So to answer that guy's question, um, maybe look at asking him more advice about course management training drills maybe don't ask him too much about the mechanics because again that trainee has probably just not learned that sk- those skills just yet yeah that's interesting that makes sense. but you know what i also think though as well i'm not going to name names here obviously but the pga is obviously a three-year course if i'm right yeah. and you do that when you well you do it at any age but often it's guys when they're 18 to 21 or that's girls right. obviously you could do it at 40 there's no age but roughly most pros i would say probably in the early 20s aren't they when they first turn yeah. pga pro is there anything you have to do along the way to, other than pay your fees, to kind of keep your qualification? Once you're qualified. Once you're qualified, you pay every year. Yeah, so once you're qualified, you are, certainly if you have pros working under you, mm-hmm. you have to keep up your level of, um, oh, what's it called now? Um, like advanced learning is a phrase for it. Right. And I don't do that because I don't have pros working under me. So if I have a head pro and I want to imp- employ assistance, I have to be a double A T pro. Right. And I used to be a double A T pro when I was coaching a lot more because you had to do more future learning. So you had to go on courses to acquire points, C- CPD points, right. I think they're called, career development points, that's it. And you'd have to keep that to a high level. Now, these courses might be based not only on coaching, but business, yeah. social media, for example. I mean, the PGA have actually asked me to run a course on social media. So other pros come to that course, learn, and they gain CDP points on the back of it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what you've got to do. The, the reason I ask is because, obviously, again, if you've got 100 pros, you would imagine that, well, if you've got 100 trainees and 100 pros who have been pros for 20 years, you'd imagine, obviously, the 100 that have been pros for 20 years are going to be better coaches, more knowledgeable, more experienced, obviously. But there's always going to be like the odd guy who's been a coach for 20 years who actually doesn't coach very often, who, who works in the shop, who's more on that business side, who can't be bothered and doesn't have that much um, enthusiasm towards it. Whereas there could be a lad who or a girl, whatever, who's 20, who's not fully qualified yet, but swats up all the time, 100%. got really good charisma, who could be a really good coach. So it's not always a case that someone's been a coach for a long time is better than someone that's new, is it? it no. It, it's different. Again, it, it depends on the individual. You know, you get called out or you get found out if you're not staying up to date with relevant It's like track man's changed so much, hasn't it? Because I remember when I first started playing golf, people said to play a draw, you'd have a shut face at a dress. Yep. And now it's actually an open face at target, but closed to path, isn't so, it? So the old saying used to be swing path sends it, club face bends it. Yeah. So the path of your club would yeah. start the line yeah. and your face would get the ball to curve. Which Obviously, we, we know since now launch monitors, yeah. that's actually not the case. It's the club face that sends it to a degree and the path that bends it or the re- relationship between those two. So you're right, like things like angle of attack, um, things like deep Equipment as well. Equipment. So I think golfers who are, it's the career and you mentioned it's the vocation as such, they are probably quite active of learning about this information because if they don't, they get left behind from a business standpoint. And also they just get found out. Mm. Like, because also the students' knowledge has improved enormously. Yes. Like students are now going to their golf coach with more knowledge than they've ever had. That's dangerous in some instances, isn't it? Really dangerous. It is. I saw the back end of 
of that when, or the early stages of that, should I say, when um, I used to have a few students come to me, and probably Rob Potter being one of them, who would know information, but not quite understand yeah. it. I'm using Rob as an example, but there's a lot of students around that time where they felt like they knew a lot of information, actually that they know it that they mm. really understand it so um i think it go back to you but i think all golf pros should continue their de- development 100 percent uh, whether it has to be as strict as going on courses because again as a pro you're running the business you're running the busy golf club can you really afford to take time out of your day your diary to go and do a course for a day down yeah. in birmingham or somewhere else so online courses last year were very popular uh, even like the webinar that i did you know the webinar I did yeah. for the pga pros who attended that webinar got cdp points you're, like, you're learning, learning yeah. something so um to answer your question yet yeah, pros it's their own responsibility but there is a level of responsibility to, to keep up the, the learning and the skill? Good answer. <laughs> um, I've come up with a theory. Okay. And it's taken me 30 years, well, 20 years of golf, whatever, 20 odd years of golf to, to finally find this out. New golf clubs don't make it play better. Shut up. Seriously. So, don't quick quick it. little um, tale for you, Rick, which you, you kind of know, but I'll, I'll show the listeners who are, <laughs> those who are interested. But, I recently got some new irons. You did? The Titleist T100S, the new ones that I think are out obviously now. Got fitted for them. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And the objective, the goal, was this: they were going to replace the T100Z from last year. There was nothing wrong with them, but I thought, why not? Fancy new set of irons. I don't like them. Wow. And they don't work in my hands as well as my old ones. And you got proper fitted. Got proper everything. fitted. And also, actually, I went to the range of the day. 
And I've, as it stands, I've got three sets of irons. I've got a set of Nike Pro Combo from 2015. I've got a set of Titleist T100s from last year. And I've got this new set of T100S that I've obviously just launched. Took all three 7.9s to the range and, and hit quite a lot of balls. I've actually done this process about three or four times now. So we've got a bag with three 7.9s in it. And honestly, I could easily go back to Nikes like that. Really? The only reason I've not done is launch a bit higher. But the T100 are staying in the bag. The T100S aren't going to make it, unfortunately. And the Nikes launching higher because they're weaker lofted? Bit older? No, the same loft as the um, the T100, the middle the middle set, the T100, the normal ones. The Nike have this undercut cavity filled with resins. They're designed to ha- launch higher. They're a bit chunkier as well. They're a nice iron. But I know we've said this before, we kind of joke about it, but I like having new shiny stuff. Certainly, like, when I had a lot, a lot of Nike gear and it was discontinued, I felt like I wanted stuff that was current. It doesn't make any difference to your game, does it? But I felt like I wanted it. But honestly... I was desperate to put these new ones in the bag, these new 200S. They look so much nicer. They're a bit more like satin. I just can't get them to work. But yet, I still want to use them. And the marketing behind new stuff is so good. Like, how do brands do it? I know. They're clever, aren't they? It's a bit like car manufacturers. I always think when a car manufacturer brings out a new car, it's not going to go any fast. Well, you can tweet the performance, obviously. But sometimes it, someone's at my door. That's a delivery. Um, <laughs> some new I think it might some be. Actually, there's some tailor-made stuff coming. Have a look. Obviously, live on video. Just beat so, him. Yeah, got Rick's now live on his, uh, what's it called, that app again? Ring. Ring video doorbell. Thanks to the uh, wonderful guys at Ring who fitted me all Brought up. to you by Rick. So, don't do adverts. Do adverts at free doorbells. Ring, is it? Is it? Is it um, clubs? It is clubs. Is it? Oh, no, it's not. It's the Tyler. Oh. Uh, some clubs have arrived, though. Have they? So, I'm watching the live now. The Tyler's coming in the house. Mm-hmm. Who's finishing off our bathroom? Sounds like a dodgy movie. This. And <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when my wife's opened the door, I can actually see two boxes of golf clubs. Nice. Can you see the brands? No. No. Um, so where was I going with this? New clubs. About new stuff. About like. I just think. I, I just think the clever the way that the the fashions change. Mm, like very things, true. Like. You can't imagine, and and you look at it now. Like, have you noticed all, all these like Leeds Festival and Reading Festivals? They look like they've stepped back in the nineties. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like it's all bucket hats, baggy it's jeans all baggy jeans. Stuff. It's like really retro stuff. Like some of the cool kids that are here have that kind of clothing yeah. on as well. Like, and when we went to St Andrews and we spoke about it recently, all the yeah, like, and that's fashion again now. Yeah. It, fashions come around and I think golf clubs will see a little bit of that as well like if if Ping brought out a really really old school style of I2 irons which actually did, they did with that wedge yeah they did remember yeah yeah like that p- catches people's attention again and it's that but with a modern twist it's modern text it's and again going back to like I remember when the first tailor-made irons came out when the, the font of the bottom changed yes. and I, I kind of weirdly slagged them off in my review now I have a set of tailor-made irons in the bag i don't even think about the font like it doesn't yeah. offend me it looks modern it looks cl- cool so um i just think fashions go around i think trends come and go and it's new stuff makes old stuff look old so it's my so my t100 normal set are like a kind of shiny chrome the new ones satin and because i know my mind now the new ones are satin the chrome shiny look old it'd be really interesting to do the sort of test as a blind test what so you went to a non-golfer like, yeah that'll be good actually get, get a non-golfer and go which set's newer you show them a brand new seven iron from like 10 years yeah. and tell them to put it in date order. I that wonder if they good. could. I bet that, no. No way. But we know, don't we? So, yeah, hopefully uh, you 
I mean, you don't play golf anymore, do you? I, you know what I do recently? A lot of driving <laughs> range sessions. You like it? I haven't played an actual round of golf for a little while, but I love going to the range. And because I'm, it's a bit of a snowball effect, because I'm going to the range quite a bit, I'm hitting it actually quite good. And then by going to the range and hitting it quite good, I've enjoyed it. So I want to go back again more soon, sooner than I would have done before. I reckon I'm going twice a week at the minute. Wow. I, um, in fact, I think this could be a good talking point. I took my kids to the range last week. I saw the picture. So um, last Saturday, the kids had parties. My eldest daughter had a party at the, uh, not the chill factor, not the play not the thing, play thing yeah, underneath yeah. it. That's amazing. If you ever been that place, you wouldn't have done not your kids. No. It's out of this world. It's out of this world. <laughs> so she had a party there, and my middle daughter had another party somewhere else. So we, my son was a bit left. So I said, well, I'll take Jude and Ivy to this party at Manchester. And Claire took the, my, uh, Pearl to another party. So because we were near Manchester and we were, the kids really wanted to play mini golf, once because of all the dinosaurs at Trafford, yeah, yeah. nipped over to Trafford, mad this. Saturday afternoon, 12 o'clock, how big do you think the queue was? Down to the car, but queuing off the car park. I couldn't believe it. So I text the guys I know there and said, any chance I can uh, jump on the mini golf? Do you remember me? I used to do videos here. And uh, he said, yeah, you have to queue up. Did he actually? He actually said, you said that, up. Pete? Yeah. <laughs> he said I to, love that. He said to me, I've got to queue up. <laughs> so to Rick, how dare he? He's got paying customers in a queue. How dare he make Rick Shields wait? <laughs> and not charge me. Um, Did he charge you? No. Oh. I'm saying, oh, so he you said you can get no, for free. But you got to wait. But you got to wait. <laughs> waiting i'm not waiting in a queue so i walk up no queue no queue that's ridiculous for 12 o'clock on a saturday couldn't believe it um i know what he'll have done he, he, mo- he told he moved to the me, queue. yeah yeah peasants be gone well, that's, <laughs> once, once, once pete said no i made a i made a call i made a call to big baz <laughs> big baz said, big man. baz just head down to traffic and just shoe the queue for me big hard baz he's called the shoe the, shoe the queue man <laughs> and um so i went in and i've got i've got a little tip for parents listening to how to keep that because I, I, I feel like I'm in that set at the moment where my kids are starting to really get into golf to a degree not like loads but really starting to show an interest and I want to keep that interest really high because golf is a long time playing golf yeah and if my daughter now starts at seven and she stops playing at 87 it's a long time playing Eight golf. years of golf yeah so I think it's really important when kids are young not to put too much on them straight away mm-hmm. and there's a little tip that i definitely think has worked for me so far and i want to share it we went on dino falls and we started playing and we probably played about five holes and the kids were loving it there was no no issue they were, everyone was happy and it got a bit slow and the kids started to get a bit bored okay i know you can say yeah so a bit of a delay so 18 holes is mini golf right we played five the kids were enjoying up to five and now starting to get a bit bored so we played the six hole because I wanted to show them golf isn't always fast, 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 mm-hmm. fast, fast. Sometimes you've got to wait. Sometimes you've got to, you know, wait for the group in front. No, you can't say I'm Rick Shields' I'm daughter. Getting, can, um, I, can I play through? Rick's quick six vibe here. <laughs> so it did six. <clears throat> and then I thought the kids are really getting bored now. Like I can tell this isn't going to last long. So I saw an opening later on in the golf course for the last, last probably four holes. So I said, come on, kids, let's, we'll jump. So we jumped over to the 14th, which is probably not allowed. Rich Shields can. <clears throat> and, <laughs> and just played the last four with nobody in front of us. Kids loved it. Absolutely So you halved the course, it. essentially, by doing we 10 played, holes. We played 10 holes. The kids loved it. We, it. we kept the energy up. Okay. And I think if I couldn't have done that, I would have probably Failed. said we're done. Yeah. But in a good way. 
Because I think if kids are getting bored at that stage, that, they'll that's associate an, that an golf issue. with being boring, wouldn't they? Where if we say, right, you know what, we might come back on mini golf later. Let's go to the driving range and whack some balls. So how many balls did you then hit? Because I saw your picture on the range. So we went to the driving range. Got a couple. I just got drivers. I just thought let's let's have fun. Went upstairs. Obviously, again fun because yeah. they can see it going down. Went on an automatic tee. Again fun. I probably got seventy balls, I reckon. And again, we stayed in one bay because I want. Again, I think kids in a bay on their own, hitting ball after ball after... It's boring. Well, also, you want them to hit four or five, then you pull them away and you hit some or whatever. Correct. And then they're eager to get back on again yeah. then, aren't they? And that's exactly what we did. So we, I gave them like, ten, 10 at a time. Mm-hmm. So Ivy had 10. And like I was saying, right, this is your last ball. And again, it, it sounds weird, but it's almost putting that emphasis already on. She wanted that last one to be good. Mm-hmm. Rather than just bang, 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 bang. Rather than just be the 10th ball. Yeah. So she was like, oh, this is my last one. I'll, I'll try and hit this one much harder or much further. And then she'd have to step back and sit at the back of the driving range, Matt, while Jude went up and hit 10 shots. Are and you really strict on, like, you have to stand there and someone's swinging? Uh, so I, like, I put a basket down. I turn the basket you're not upside allowed past down. That. Yeah, I turn a basket upside down and say, that's where you're going to sit. It makes me, like, cringe. Not not, not like cringe, like, but, like, death. yeah, when, when you see people swinging and kids, like, running all around, you yeah. need to, like, even though I'm not a parent, but... You need to set a rule, like you've said there, that you don't go past that basket because yeah, yeah. it's so important, isn't it? And all, I didn't give them hardly any instruction. I let them do it exactly how they wanted. And I just gave them little goals. Right, your goal is to try and get past the stones. Your goal is to try and get past that yellow flag, whatever it may be. And then once Jude had hit his turn, I hit three. And just wanted them to watch me hit a golf shot because, again, they learn from it. Mm. Kids are such visual learners. Anyway, by the time, 80 balls just didn't last long at all. Probably lasted half an hour. Kids were loving it. They wanted more balls. I said, no, let's go. <laughs> because I think that's really important. The kids should be still like, loving it on the very, very it's last It's literally shot. the exact same logic we have with a YouTube video. Yeah. You want a YouTube video to be short. We did one today, that wooden ball video. And we missed, this is the place to say it on that podcast, on the podcast. The wooden ball video that's come out last week now was originally 16 minutes long, I think. Yeah. And we watched it and we were like, it doesn't feel right. It ended up being eight minutes long yeah. and it ended so like sharp that and we can see that through the analytics as well. We can see how long people have watched for people watching it all the way to the end. Yeah. Whereas if it was double the length, people get bored fast forward. You want people exactly. to be, it's like a good TV program, a good movie. Oh, it's over. Yeah. That's what you want. And that's yeah. obviously what you're, you're, you're making golf to them. Yeah. Definitely. Rather than stood their board. Exactly. Which makes sense. So it, just again, list for teachers for teachers and parents listening. I think that's really important because, because again, you know, a lot of parents who are getting their kids into golf might not know these little tricks and might be giving little Johnny a hundred golf yeah, balls too much. and and every shot giving them analysis. You need to have your feet like this. You need to have your hands like this. You need to just let them have fun. And as soon as it stops being fun, get them out of there. Don't force them to it anymore. Very good advice. Get them, get them out and get them enjoying it. Because again, I know Ivy and Jude this week have asked, when can we go to the driving range again? Which is so important. You must be loving that. Yeah. A couple of questions for you then after Twitter. So I did a little tweet asking people for questions. Just thought I'd mix it up. We know we're on the Facebook group. Also, actually, we've not plugged the Facebook group for a long time. If you are on Facebook and you're a fan of this podcast, if you go into search bar, type in the Rick Shields Golf Show, we've got a group. There's about 60,000 members on there. It's a lot of chatter about the podcast, about just general golf. People share their achievements on there. If you had a hole-in-one and you put it on there, you're going to get probably a 1,000 likes. Yeah. That's what it's kind of like. So if you want some likes, go in the group, get a hole-in-one. That's all you need. A um, couple of questions then, Rick. One that's from a guy I know called Tim Stevens. Something we've, we've kind of discovered when we had England golf on, but I went to answer this quite like bullet point. So a couple of little bullet points of what you think we could do. Um, he says, we know there are around 2 million extra golfers in the UK since the start of the COVID pandemic. 
what things do you think we should do, we should put in place to ensure we keep them in the game, you know, from golf clubs to organisations to driving ranges to whatever? What What do you think, like, like little nuggets of, um, you know, because obviously the broad answer will be golf clubs should be making it a fun environment, they should yeah. be putting on events or whatever. But what is, is there anything else we knew that's almost thinking outside the box a little bit? That is almost as golfers and is almost our priority. Like what, what can be done? Good or, question. Um, it'd have been a good one to ask in England golf. I think we did ago. ask them. So, I think they said about, because we said about memberships, if you remember. Yeah. I think they said like it's down to the golf club. The golf club's got the members. It's down to them now to make it a place people want to continue to be at and stay yeah. at and play golf there. But I'm just thinking... Um, I, I certainly think the community is overlooked sometimes in this idea that, yeah, golf is golf as it is, but you make friends in golf, you make acquaintances in golf, You some people find relationships in golf. And I think I think that side of it needs to, to make sure it continues. Like, make golf evenings fun. Like, I always think of this idea, and we did the range night a couple of... Uh, was like last year or so, a couple of years ago which the big fun, almost party-like atmosphere with music and things like that. I feel like golf clubs should, should do that mm. a little bit more. You know, I actually went on, on Friday night. This is a really interesting one. On, uh, sorry, Saturday night. Um, my local cricket club had like this um, event on, okay? I'm, I'm not into cricket. don't like it particularly at all. Yeah, right? I've got visions in six months. You can have a cricket fan. Well, maybe, maybe this Well, this, this could be it, yeah. Maybe this evening help with that. And all they did was put on a community night, right? It was free to enter. If you, well, you could donate to charity, but it's free to enter. Um, they had fireworks on. They had a brass band on. They had food on. And it was just a cricket club. And to be honest, I went with no expectations that I was going to see any cricket. We arrived at four o'clock and cricket was still being played That's quite for cool. like two hours. And it was just on. It's it was quite it was, therapeutic about it. It was just, just there. It. But yeah, we set up a picnic blanket on the side of the pitch and we had a few beers and lo- we, there was about 10 of us that went in the end. It was mega. And, and I went in the back. So have a guess what I'm doing now. Because you're going watching cricket. No, again. because I got a discount on beer. If you remember. So you've joined. It's 25 quid to be a member. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be a member, be a social member. It's round the corner from me. I might every now and again throughout the year nip, nip over there Make with my money wife. money back on discounted beer. With my wife or with a few friends or we might they, they serve food and mm-hmm. things like that. All things I didn't know it did. And, it, and it's round the corner from me. But now I feel, if I'm if I'm now a member and I have a little membership card, oh, I'm, I'm a member of the cricket club. And in a couple of weeks, they might have a game on. For example, a big game against whoever, another cricket I'm team. Imagine they need somebody on the bat. I don't know all the terms of batting, but someone's got like a big hooky draw. But that that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like golf clubs should do that a bit more. Yeah. Imagine a community night at a golf club with fireworks and a band on. And, you know, well... You can use the 18th greens, a picnic. Or what, I know, obviously. I think you know what? I know it's, it's, it's a boring answer, but I think for this, for, for the two million golfers, I don't obviously they've not all joined golf clubs, obviously, but the ones that have, if you say how do you keep them being members, it's literally everything, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's like make sure the food's nice when people go in after they've played yeah. and want to eat. Make sure you know, it's open. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's open. The, the, the changing facilities are nice. The, it sounds like the toilets are nice. The course in good condition. It's, it's a little bit of everything. Like if you join a golf club. Unless you join one of these stupid places, it's like unbelievably exclusive or expensive. There's always going to be something that's not great with it, like whether it's not got the best facility, it's not got the best pro shop, or the greens aren't amazing, or the foods. Not, you know, there's always going to be something. But if you've got more things that you're happy about than what you complain about, you probably stay a member for a long time. It's like me with my gym at the minute. I'm not going very much at all, really, which is bad. I need to, but I won't quit it because I do know overall a year I'll use it more than I won't. And there's a lot that I like. If stuff started to get so there's more things I dislike than like. I might look at quitting. 
So I think the golf clubs just have to make sure that like everything matters, doesn't it? Really? Do you think it's also responsibility of not only the staff of the golf club and the committee? It's responsibility of the staff and the committee to invest you more by getting to know you a little bit Possibly, more. Possibly, yeah. Like, let's say for example, the gym. Yeah. When you walk in the gym, does anybody say hi, guy? No. Which they, I would like. And if they did, <laughs> and if they did, and it became a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, every time you, you feel, went, it, Big Barry said, big oh, fan. Rick got me to move that queue the other day. Yeah. But anyway, how are you, guy? How, how's your golf pal? Or, yeah, yeah. you know, You'd feel good, more invested. Have a good training session. Just something there quick. Yeah, yeah. Hi, guy. Have a great training session today. If you need any help, give me a shout. When that time for renewal came up again, You'd almost feel guilty leaving. A little bit, wouldn't you? And I think, again, when I was a member at Mia, when I was one of the golf pros at Mia, one of the things that we really got hammered into, we have to learn everybody's name. Yeah. Like, every member, we knew their name. They came into the pro shop, we got introduced to them, and it was almost like a competition in the golf shop. I remember somebody, a member would be walking up the, the steps and we'd be kind of going, is, is this John? Is this uh, John Smith in it? Yeah, yeah. John. And it, you're coming through the door. Hi, John, how you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, uh, nice to see you. I reckon so many people stayed because of that. It's that personal touch. So it's again, the, golf clubs, I think if they, if they adapted that approach a bit more, if the captain made a bit more of an effort, if the committee made a bit more of an effort, if the pro did, if the staff that worked behind the kitchen or the bar or whatever made a bit more effort to learn about the regular faces... I think you would get less people leaving. We will. The thing is, we we will lose golfers off the back of it because not everybody that started playing golf in this last year is going to start carry on every year. But I think what's important is if people have played it and at least enjoyed it to some capacity, they'll come back next year or the year after for a bit. It's like you with the cricket club. You might not go now for however long, but you will go again at some point, of won't course. you? Um, another quick question for you. It's just it's something that's a bit more niche, but... Someone said, how do you grow a social media following as a complete beginner? And there's obviously, by the way, I feel quite twitchy today. I've noticed that. I feel like I'm touching the mic loads and rub my nose. So if there's any comments about that, just give me a minute. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm really moving the mic about. I'm conscious of it now. So I'm going to put my hands on my back. And <laughs> that feels even weirder. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of people online now, which is obviously great, who are beginner golfers who've decided to build an Instagram page or a YouTube following or try and build a YouTube following to kind of document their journey. And... I'm sure you've seen loads of these before. How would somebody grow that? Let's call it Instagram. How would somebody grow that? What would, what would they need to be showing? What would be different? What would be unique? Should they do it? Should they not bother? I don't know. So many are doing it now, isn't there? Mia Baker's done it. She's killed it. She's killed it. I think you've just got to be good on camera. Really? I don't know. Is that the secret? Well, do you not think, though? If you say if, say if I started cricket, where I just talk about cricket, I don't play cricket, so I don't know anything about cricket. If I started doing cricket tomorrow and had an Instagram page, what would other cricketers want to see? Or what would people who are also new to cricket want to, what they find relatable? Yeah. So if you make a golf, if you make a beginner golf Instagram now and it's called Guy the Beginner Golfer and I just put a picture on of a scorecard and go, I shot 110 today, it's the best score, we're not quite broke 100 yet. Like, What does that really mm. give? What, do, you, what? do you think, this person who's asked, yeah. do you think they're trying to do this for exterior motives, though, as well. Potentially. Because you see a lot of now, again, Mia Baker's a great example, okay? And good on her. I think she's done great. She's got all free tailor-made golf clubs. She's yep. sponsored by Adidas. She's been signed by Modest Management. She's going to every event under the sun. She's doing interviews with some of the biggest names in golf. And people see her doing it and then think, I want a piece of that pie. Like, is it for the freebies? 
Not for, it, I don't think Mia. No, I'm not yeah, saying she you know, is. Other people looking. Yeah. Um, like her, her story, I felt, obviously we had her on the podcast, was very organic. Like very she genuine, went into a, it? she wanted to start golf. She went into an American golf golf shop. There was no golf gear for ladies. She wasn't happy. She sent an email to American Golf. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, where if this person is trying to just start a YouTube channel, like what's the, what's the purpose? I think for anything, it, regardless of any social media, if you want to get a social media following, you've got to add value. Yes. That's, that's the number one thing, whether it's you're adding value by being a Kim Kardashian and you're showing the latest fashion trends or whatever it may be or makeup or whatever. People mm. like people want to know their lives because it's Kim Kardashian or whatever. Or if you're a golf instructor like me and you want to give advice, you want to give um, uh, you know things for people to get better at, what what can what can a beginner golfer add value? The, so that's yeah. the question you've got to add yourself. If you can write down on a piece of paper, how can I add value to people listening? And you can come up with five or ten ideas. That's your, that's your skeleton. You know what else is mad? You hear about this in all walks of life, and it is a bit of a cliche. Whether it be a business person or uh, a music, a recording artist, or a YouTuber. And in your case, I'll use use you as this example. People do look at the success or the numbers that you've got now. And they do forget that when you first started out, there was firstly no guarantee that you were ever going to come to anything within that industry. And also, it's a lot of time and effort to get. It's like if you go on the channel now, I think you've got over 1,700 videos or what, nearly the best part of 2,000 videos. And last week we had Carter on. We were joking about the old videos you had with him. And I actually went back the other day looking at some of them. This is how sad I am. Lying on the bed watching you and Carter. That's weird, lying nice. on the bed watching you and Carter. But you know what I mean? Um, and first time. You know, the first time with Carter. He's a good-looking guy. <laughs> and... I was watching some of the old videos, and you know what I'm saying? It they were trash. Yeah. They were tr- I'm not horrible, but like you know, it's funny compared to now. The trash at the time they weren't. They, they were, were revolutionary. They, well, they were, no, you go and play because think about it. There was that one you went playing Lytham. I think you did a six part video. You did a like a video, maybe six parts. I think it was three, six things of three. It would have been, I think. You did a video driving there. You did a video of a chipping comp, a bunker comp. Now, saying that tongue-in-cheek, but at the time... That's that was royal rhythm. That was so different. That was something that people weren't doing. But people now don't watch those videos and don't see that where you've, you've kind of come from. So people now that want to obviously get into YouTube golf or whatever it might be, there's, there's no reason why they can't. There's so many opportunities, but it's going to take a long time. You've got, you can't do it for six months and sack it off. I think the, the benefit I had when I was first starting, is you almost could release crap yeah. at the time because but there was nobody else doing it. But it wasn't really crap though, was it? Because it, there was nothing to compare no, it to. No, well, that's what I mean. You could, you could um, what's the right word? Something about your teeth. You could cut your teeth on experimenting with content. Some things work, some things it's don't like, work. Well, I feel like now if you come out, I don't think I'd like to start now because I, I feel like the level is so good straight away. Like you almost can't release... A video with bad audio, yeah. bad visuals. You can't. No. Back true. in the day, you could. You could kind of get away with it because it was all quite new and exciting. Well, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I also think as well. I sometimes feel like I don't have an I I don't have any idea what somebody new could do now. But then people do crop up, like yeah. stacked golf, yeah. and literally. I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. So I love the channel. All they're doing, I'm using that in quotation marks. All they're doing is going around secondhand shops every every episode. It's so good, but it's class. Yeah. And you would never have thought that would be a genre of golf never. YouTube and that would take off. So this guy's written the question. Might start doing, I don't know, going visiting the best driving range in the UK. Yeah. Every episode's going to a new driving range. Yeah. Right, I'm on the way. That's actually quite a good series. One of the driving range. I'm gonna hit some balls. Let's see what the shops are. Let's see what this has got. And you end up loving it. Could just call it driving. Yeah. 
There you go. There's your first free idea. Um, So there is opportunity. You just can't make crap. You've got to stick at it for a long time. I want to bring up something golfy. (laughs) How long are we in, Matt? Oh, 56. Nice. Right, quick one. The USGA has come out with a new rule. Okay. Have you heard about it? I have, but I'm going to pretend I've not. So, so currently, the legal limit of a driver shaft... Oh, no, I've not heard this then. I thought this was going to be something else. I thought it was going to be that you can't call um, Bryson Brooks or something. That's ridiculous, that one, isn't it? Well, if it's true, I don't quite know. No, it is. Oh, right. that, that one's true. So apparently, the PJ Tour now are saying if you're on site and you shout Brooksy... <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how they're going to police this. You're going to get thrown out, from what I've heard. Ridiculous. I mean, it'd be nice if Bryson just shouted four. Why don't we start with that? If he shouted four as many times as people shouted <laughs> Brooksy at him, yeah, yeah. then it'd be all right. Um, and he's not the only player. I know I'd get a stick on that, but he's probably one of the most high-profile ones that, that don't shout four. Um, the legal limit of a driver length at the moment is 48 inches. Yes. The USGA are looking to cap that at 46 inches. Right. To limit driver distance. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not, it's not gone down well from a lot of tour pros. When was this announced? I haven't missed this completely. Recently. All right, okay. Recently. Phil Mickelson did a really, really interesting um, tweet uh, a couple of days ago. And he was talking about the, how, They've taken the information and 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 misinterpreted how they can get to the answer. So the big issue in golf at the moment, certainly on the PJ Tour the, or the world of golf, certainly long drives, is that the ball's going too far. Yeah, the, the best players in the world are hitting the golf ball too far. Yeah, golf courses can't keep up with it. They need to buy more land, everything else. Right, that's at the best level in the world. Mm. Average golfers aren't hitting it that much further than what they ever used to do. Yeah. Okay. So. Mickelson had a really good point about a few things that the USGA have changed that haven't really affected the best players in the world. They've actually more affected the amateur golfer. For example, banning the broom handle putter, anchoring. Mm-hmm. It affected a few PGA Tour players, but it probably affected hundreds, if not thousands, of the average golfer. Mm, but having said that, how many average golfers did you, see with the, did you ever see with a broom handle? I don't know. I can't remember now. But there would have been, there would have been enough mm. belly putters, broom handles, people who really struggled with putting. Another one they were talking about was when they banned the square grooves on wet yeah, on iron Yeah, that's shots. a good one. So the stat that uh, Phil Mickelson used was something like, if you look at how many P- how many greens a PGA Tour hits, it's like 16 out of 18 greens. Okay, Something stupid, Hell a lot. Christ. You go down the pipeline to an 18 handicapper or so, yeah. they're hitting like three greens around or something stupid, right? Yeah. So they're not hitting the greens with a seven iron or any iron, so what does it matter about the square grooves or not? Mm. Like it's not a so when they they get punished higher handicappers is when they miss a green and they're left with a wedge. Yeah, they aren't getting as much spin as they could have done with a square grooved wedge. That's true. It's not so much to benefit or hinder the PGA professional. So he had a really good he had a really good point. He said something along the lines of they should look at the golf ball and not rolling it back because that's the kind of wrong terminology limit perimeter weighting of a golf ball okay so it's not stable no so that, so basically go back to liquid core golf balls because what he was saying that when and it's a really good twitter, twitter video go on his twitter profile yeah. and he, he explains it better than probably i am right now <laughs> when you hit a golf shot with a driver that's got a, a, a liquid center the outside of the golf ball spins faster in the middle and over time that starts to even out and when it evens out that's when the ball drops out of the air a little bit more right 
And he said it's the way that would actually benefit... Um, oh, that was another thing he said. Also, if a golf ball is curving more off a line with these liquid golf balls, it'll curve more oh. off line. Where again, and and at that speed, at that level, tour pros would miss more fairways. Mm. So if they're hitting it harder, they've got a likeliness of hit, missing more fairways. He then said the amateur golfer would probably not notice any difference because they're not activating that liquid core. So anyway, it's a good it's a good video. The, the I thought only, it'd be quite interesting. The only, the only thing I don't get with like all this long drive stuff, and I'm sure you... I understand how if they want to build new golf courses and they, they, they want to make them long, it's so much land and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, isn't the person that wins getting the ball in the hole in the least amount of shots? Yeah. So if all the golfers suddenly hit 400 yards, let's just say, that's ridiculous. But you're still going to get the ball in the hole. So is it then not going to come down to, right, take it for granted, you always hit 400 yards. It comes down to the best chipper and the best putter anyway. Well, it, it was a really, like, a really interesting head-to-head the other day with Patrick Campbell well, yeah. and Bryson. Like... They played the golf course so differently, certainly in the six playoff holes that I saw. Patrick Cantley still came on top because mm. even though Bryson's so much longer, Patrick Cantley managed to make more birdies by hitting his iron shots closer to the hole than Bryson did with his wedges. It is a weird one because at the end of the day, the equipment brands make so much money, sponsor the golfers. They need to keep making equipment. They can't just... If you think about it, if they just said, right, that's it, we're going to say, it'll never happen, obviously. But from now on, that's it. There's no more innovation in golf technology. That's just what you've got, and that'll be it forever. Then all the golf brands have probably got a business after a while because people wouldn't replace the clubs. You've, once you've bought a set of irons, you have them for life. They wouldn't then be paying the tour pros, less money in the tour game and the pro game. So they've got to keep making stuff. So... How I don't get unless they have it so that's one rule for tour pros and one rule for amateurs. That's the one thing I really don't want to happen because I, I, that's what I love about golf. Mm. Like, I can't play footy <laughs> with like Earl Trafford with you know Ronaldo or whatever or something like that. You know, like, like the scenario is not the same. Like in golf, it's so but you can still play at Andrews regardless of Tiger can use different clubs to you or not. I know, but he's, I don't know. He's still playing it like the best players in the world yeah. are. So I don't know if that bothered me that much if the tour because. Often we know that the irons that Tiger has or Rory has aren't the ones you buy in the shop. They're pro- even the the shafts, the toy shoe shafts, are the best of the best. Like, I know, but if you wanted them, you could have them if you well, if you had the cap- capacity to get them. Or could you not just have it then, silly? But you can have Tour Pro have their own clubs, Toy Shoe editions that are legal for them. We can use them if we want, but we know that disadvantage because you can also buy like non not non-conforming but non-conforming of pro. So let's just Possibly. say, tell me, bring up two drivers. There's the Tour Shoe. And there's the one that we have, the normal version. They can't use the normal. Exactly. They can we use, can use the tour. Exactly. And yeah. when you hit them both in the launch monitor, you might see the tour one's 10 yards less. So if you're that asked about having it, you can go and buy it, but the normal one. Yeah, and it doesn't, mean that we, it doesn't mean that we then don't have rules in by the USJ and RNA. It's just that they're tighter tolerances. I think you've just cracked it. Yeah. There you go, USJ. You just charge a bit more for the tour issue or charge a bit less if it's not. I don't know. But it, I don't Yeah, it's weird. But then there's so much more around it. Like, is that is it going to make much difference if the, if, if the driver is not as long? Then they're going to lose potentially a bit of club head speed. But are they just going to keep working out and getting stronger and finding new I mean? technology, new, I, new I, ways of be, new even like clothing and footwear? And it sounds ridiculous clothing, but that can make a difference. Obviously, if you someone someone said to you now, go and hit a golf ball as hard as you can, but you've got to wear a suit. You, you couldn't swing and, and, and normal like dress shoes. You can't swing as fast as if you're in like looser stuff. Do you know what it does affect more than anybody on the planet? Tall Paul. You'd have to go to a 46-inch driver. Right. 
Ahmad's that. So if you don't know Paul Sturgis, who we've done some videos in the past, he's the tallest golfer in the world at seven foot seven and a half inches, if he's not grown since that. Um, he currently uses a 48-inch driver, the legal limit. He could easily use a 52-inch driver if it was legal, but he chooses not to. He'd rather use a 48. But now he, he, if this rule comes in, he'd have to use a 46. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, everyone. That was a good. good one. Yeah, so as we said at the start, I've got no idea how many tickets are going to be left when this goes out. Hopefully none, but there might be a few left. Um, it's looking pretty so. It's looking yeah, looking good. So, so. It's looking good. There'll be, there'll be a few stragglers left over the weekend, but I'm pretty sure it'll be sold out. And then if it goes well, there might be potential for the future to um, do some more. Go on tour. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you very soon. Um, we might have a guest next week. Um, oh, the one that you mentioned the other day, yeah. CB. Try and get that sorted. Yeah. Leave you guessing with that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you all soon. See you soon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.